Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And... <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and Whatever it is. <laughs> the worst titty discs. <laughs> get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, guys. Welcome back to another... Boomstick-tastic Necronomicon-erific episode of Fanholes Comics, motherfucker! Do you read them? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek. Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your S-Smart employee hosts tonight, but I am not alone. I am joined by, count them, two, count them, two of my fellow Fanholes. Why don't you guys give a shout-out and let everybody know who's here tonight. Hey, this is Justin. Hey, guys, this is Tony, and hail to the king, baby. There was always talk of a Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Is there any chance, you guys, if you continue on in season four and five, that you're going to get Robert England and Kane Hodder into the show somehow so we can get Freddy versus Jason versus Ash in some kind of way, shape, or form in this show? I hate to, I hate to break your little fanboy bubble. But that'll never happen. Yeah, so we're here tonight. This is going to be the conclusion of our Fanholes Fright Fest coverage for the month of October. And we are all here to discuss Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. This was a six-issue miniseries that technically was published by DC Comics, but I guess it was like part Wildstorm imprint and part Dynamite release. It was on sale from November 7th, 2007 to March 26th, 2008. The cover price for each issue was a whopping $2.99. The editor was Scott Peterson. The plotter was Jeff Katz. The writer, James Anthony Kohorik. The artist, Jason Craig. Letterer, Jared K. Fletcher. Colorist, Thomas Mason. And just to get into it, I sort of cribbed the synopsis, but tried to clean it up the best I could. I think it was from like some wiki or something like that, but I'll, I'll read that for the, the six issues. And then Tony, Justin, and myself will discuss. In December 2008, Lori Campbell and Will Rollins return to Camp Crystal Lake, seeking confirmation that Freddy and Jason are truly dead. After splitting up to investigate further, Lori discovers blood on a tree and hears a loud sound coming from a nearby house. She enters the house only to find Will gutted on the balcony. 
As Lori cries, Jason approaches. She flees upstairs to the attic and grabs a saw to defend herself, slicing into Jason's back before throwing him through the window. When attempting to exit the house, Lori is met by Jason, who abruptly shoves his machete into her face and drags her back into the house. Outside of the house, Freddy emerges from a signpost and laughs. Meanwhile, at the Mega Super Ultra S Mart, a group of teenage employees are goofing off around the Christmas ornaments. Raul, dressed up as Santa Claus, says to Caroline, Hey Caroline, wanna suck on my candy cane? Jarvis says to him, She's checking out your North Pole, huh, Raul? Caroline then snaps the candy cane, and the manager tells her that the candy cane costs $1.95, and he also says they work on nickels and dimes. He then informs them that there's a new employee arriving. As he leaves, Raul puts a sign on the manager's back that says, I like jingle balls. Meanwhile, at Camp Crystal Lake, Jason drags Lori and Will's bodies to his shack, where he has placed Freddy's head next to his mother, Pamela Voorhees' head. The heads then disappear, and Jason is transported to a dream where his younger self is tormented by the other campers. He goes into one of the cabins to find his mother having sex with Freddy. She then tells Jason that if he wants to get Freddy out of his head, he has to go to the Voorhees' house to retrieve the Necronomicon Ex Mortis. Meanwhile, Ash parks his car at a parking lot near the S-Mart, and he starts walking in as Jason watches him from behind a tree. As Ash is walking into the S-Mart, the manager bumps into him and greets him and welcomes him inside. Three girls later walk into the woods, and Jason kills them all. An older lady witness screams Jason. Ash, however, doesn't see Jason anywhere. The cops then arrive and handcuff Ash. Luckily, the manager shows up and tells them that Ash was with him when the murders happened, so the cops release Ash. Later in the S-Mart, Ash tells the other employees that the reason he came to Crystal Lake is to destroy the Necronomicon. However, they all laugh at him. Later in the break room, Caroline tells Ash about the history of Jason Voorhees. She tells him that over the past 30 years, there have been many killings and suspected copycats of Jason. Five years ago, there were also killings in Springwood. Ash thinks that Jason Voorhees was some kind of deadite. Raul and Jarvis hear all this and decide to prank them by putting on a hockey mask and ketchup on a hockey stick. Raul emerges from the door and roars. Ash dodges the hockey stick and knocks him over. Jarvis tells Ash that it's Raul and it's just a joke. Meanwhile, Jason gets distracted by some Christmas carolers and he kills all of them. Later that night, some teens tell Ash that they're going to spend the night at the Voorhees house before it will be torn down. Ash also heads to the Voorhees house to retrieve the Necronomicon. Jason then kills all of the teens but one girl named Bree. He later finds Bree and Ash shoots Jason with his shotgun. The two race to Ash's car but he cannot get it to start. While Ash is trying to start his car, Jason throws his machete at the car window but Ash grabs it with his metal hand. He and Bree jump out of the car as Jason smashes it. Ash drops the Necronomicon, and Jason tries to get it, but he gets hit by Caroline's minivan and crashes into a tree. Ash then takes the Necronomicon and drives away with Caroline. They stop when they see Bree and grab her to drive off. Freddy berates the child image of Jason for losing the Necronomicon, and then he literally grabs the memory of Ash's S-Mart badge from his head. Meanwhile, back at the S-Mart, Raul, Dave, and Jarvis are smoking pot in a van and go outside to find Ash, Carolyn, and Bree. 
They try to hit on Bree, but Ash stops them. They all head into the S-Mart, and Caroline takes Bree to the break room to get her some clothes. Ash then tells them that he needs someone to translate the words from the Necronomicon to send Jason to the Deadite Dimension. Suddenly, Jason arrives at the S-Mart, and he starts killing everyone. He kills a chubby woman, and he kills an old man with a shopping cart. The manager tells Caroline to call the police, and Jason grabs his clipboard and kills the manager. Ash then shoots Jason and says to him, Yo, Wayne Detsky, hockey fan, huh? Jason then throws Ash through a wall and crashes face first through a wall into a vending machine. Jason then takes the Necronomicon and kills Bree off panel. Ash, Caroline, and the other Smart employees reunite and discover Bree's dead body. The group decide to go to the house of Caroline's parents since they are out of town. Meanwhile, Jason returns to his shack and places the Necronomicon near Freddy's head. The Necronomicon brings Freddy into the real world and removes him from Jason's head. Meanwhile, back at the house, everyone is discussing why Jason needs the Necronomicon. Jarvis thinks someone or somebody must be pulling Jason's strings. They decide to turn in for the night so they can go back to the Voorhees house in the morning to retrieve the Necronomicon. Ash tries to stay awake, but he falls asleep, and during a dream, he wakes up in the cabin from the first Evil Dead film and sees that his right hand is back. However, his right hand turns into a Freddy glove as an image of Freddy laughs overhead. Ash goes outside and into a tool shed to grab a chainsaw to cut off Freddy's hand. Freddy mocks him for reliving this moment from his evil dead past, and all the blood drops turn into Tiny Freddy's. The Tiny Freddy's merge into a standard-sized Freddy as he reveals to Ash that he's no Deadite. The severed Freddy hand flies to attack Ash, but Ash shoots it down with his shotgun. Freddy then sends a legion of gloved hands to attack Ash, but Ash wakes himself from the dream by burning his arm with the hot barrel of the shotgun. Ash realizes that whatever harm befalls them in the dreamscape will also befall them in the real world and rushes to wake up the other kids. While most of the kids wake up, unfortunately, Dave is still stuck in his dream and is killed by rock-hard dodgeballs in a nightmare. Freddy commands Jason to go after the rest of the gang in the real world. Ash, Caroline, Raul, and Jarvis head back to the S-Mart to stock up on weapons and explosives. Ash grabs a silver chainsaw upgrade. Raul and Jarvis try to lead Jason back to the Voorhees house where the gang has planted explosives, but Jason appears to be wise to the plot and instead goes after Caroline. Meanwhile, Freddy stabs Ash once he's located the Necronomicon. Ash vows to stop Freddy from absorbing the powers of the Necronomicon, but Freddy pulls a poor man's Ozymandias from Watchmen and tells Ash he already did it 10 minutes ago. Freddy's dream demons now glow like the orange lantern Larflees, and Jason decides to finally pick a fight with Freddy. Freddy then uses his new powers to have all of Jason's past victims attack him as zombie hordes. During the fracas, Ash is taken off with the Necronomicon. He is slowed down when captured by Deadite-possessed trees and pecked by Deadite crows. However, after biting one crow to death, Ash manages to free himself and goes to town on the trees with his chainsaw hand and blasts another crow with his shotgun. Ash then comes upon the dead bodies of Raoul and Jarvis. Luckily, Ash is able to reunite with Caroline as the two review the pages of the Necronomicon. It is implied that Pamela Voorhees used the book to reanimate Jason, and Ash believes Jason may be some kind of deadite. Ash prepares to fend off Freddy while Caroline reads the Klaatu Verada Nikto passage to banish Freddy to the deadite dimension. However, they find themselves at the Elm Street house in Springwood, and Ash is attacked by the three girls playing jump rope and singing the Freddy rhyme. Ash manages to take his attackers down, but Freddy has Caroline in his clutches. 
Jason appears to force his way into the dream dimension by sheer force of will. While Caroline keeps the Necronomicon away from Freddy, Jason breaks into the house to fight him. Before Caroline can recite the spell, Jason snatches the book away from her and Ash shoots Jason's mask off with his shotgun revealing his deformed face. Ash then cuts off Jason's arm that is holding the Necronomicon so Caroline can retrieve the book. Now Ash stares down a zombie-faced Jason who attaches his machete to his arm stump, emulating Ash in his chainsaw arm. Jason ends up smacking Ash through a window just in time for the entire Elm Street house to come crashing down. Caroline tends to Ash as he's still unconscious after the fall. Necro Freddy emerges and Caroline runs off with the Necronomicon back into the real world. Caroline hides away in a shack and Necro Freddy destroys all the shacks until he finds the one Caroline is hidden in. Before Freddy can kill Caroline, maskless, ash-inspired Jason shows up and the two battle. Just as Freddy is about to cast the banishment spell on maskless Jason, Ash drives a car into Necro Freddy and proceeds to beat the crap out of him, ending with a shotgun blast to Necro Freddy's nads. Maskless Jason ends up smashing the ice while attacking Ash, and he falls into the icy lake. Maskless Jason and Necro Freddy resume their battle with Necro Freddy performing a shadow clone jutsu and the clones gang piling Maskless Jason and taking his wallet. Ash uses his chainsaw hand to break free of the icy lake while maskless Jason takes out all of the Necro Freddy clones. Ash shoots Jason through the back and while Ash confronts both monsters, Caroline reads the banishment spell which ends up sucking in Necro Freddy and the Necronomicon and sending Jason to the bottom of a frozen crystal lake. Ash and Caroline drive off into the distance leaving behind Crystal Lake. The next morning, however, a portal opens and leaves the Necronomicon on the icy crystal lake. The book opens and shows a page with Ash and other warriors preparing to fight Freddy. Under the icy lake, we see Jason's eyes snap open. The end. So yeah, so that's that's uh, that's the six issues. Uh, as as uh, as uh, I guess I don't know. That wasn't that wasn't that short but it kind of covers all the the major details you need to know about what what happens with this i think i'll just kick it off by by turning it over to to tony and justin like is this is this the first time you read this story or do you guys have some some history with freddie versus jason versus ash as far as i go no i have no previous knowledge of this comic book honestly did you ever see this like freddie pretty- versus jason I did like see the, that. The film? I did see that movie. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of stuff in here that, that was very reminiscent of that. The fact that Freddy and Jason aren't really best buddies. They're not, you know... I know in the movie it's, it's Freddy versus Jason, but, like, in a, in, in a lot of this comic and a lot of that movie, it's Freddy using Jason, and, of course, Jason eventually being like, you know, fuck this motherfucker. <laughs> mm. That, that was very, you know, similar as well. This is a little bit more psychological with how Freddy was messing with Jason, you know, using his mother so much. And Ash is very on character here. He is the quintessential loser slash underdog hero. Like, even if he gets his ass kicked, he's going to figure some shit out. Even if he gets kind of maimed a little bit. And he'll he'll still, you know, somehow manage to salvage the day. He, that's why he, when he's, been called the chosen one so much even he doesn't believe it but he's like fuck maybe i am <laughs> you know this might um, be like a leading question for you but th- like 
what about like your history with with Ash? I mean, do you do you it, would you say you you uh, of these three characters like is is Ash a character that you enjoy the most? Like, what's your history with with Ash in particular? Well, I'm a I'm a Bruce Campbell fan in general, but it's because of Ash that I became a Bruce Campbell fan. I I don't know if I would I would say I grew up with the Evil Dead movies, but they hit that sweet spot of pubescence when I was a teenager and they were just they were funny but they were also kind of gruesome especially the first two Army of Darkness not so much it was it was more comedic but Ash Ashley Williams he's he's just a fun character and yeah I am pretty familiar with him my, my brother even gave me a model that he made of him when I was younger that he made of him yeah and fully painted everything it sadly broke but I've, I've always liked his he he is so arrogant with his bravado and at times seems like a complete care, coward, even though he's not. He's just figuring things out. He he literally wins by the skin of his teeth. And I think that's why I like him. Is like he's he's not really he's like got his moments of badassery, but most of his coolest shit is like, you know, holy fuck, I don't know what to do, I'm just gonna do this. <laughs> you know? And and that's pretty much how he survives all the movies he's been in so far and the T V show, which came later, Ash versus the Evil Dead. Which is a great show. I'm, I'm sad that it ended only after so many few seasons. It should have gone on a little bit longer. But that'll never happen. <laughs> not even with just, not those characters, but maybe those actors. Well, those actors, they're both pals of mine. Uh, Robert Englund I see all the time. Kane Hodder is a really sweetheart. He just put out his book. So, you know, yeah, as an actor, like have Robert Englund play like a bitchy, Hotel clerk, you know, something like that. So, yeah, maybe that. Yeah, Ash is definitely probably my favorite character of these three. Freddy and Jason are iconic. I don't have anything bad to say about them, except for, you know, whatever movies people may not like. Yeah, this is definitely like three top-tier horror-slash-slasher kind of heroes and villains to put together. And what about you, Justin? Had you had you read this miniseries before? Of course. I was buying it month to month as it was released. That is That is true for myself as well. I don't know about you, but like after Freddy versus Jason came out, like there were two big movie rumors. The first one was they were going to do a Michael Myers versus Pinhead film. And then the other rumor was they were going to do Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. And I remember hearing that and I was like, I was like, oh man, that'd be really cool. And I started thinking about it and I was like, well, how would that work? That's, I mean, it was a miracle they got Freddy versus Jason to work as well as it did. You throw in another character from a third separate franchise i was like how is that gonna is that gonna work like is that gonna mesh together really well pinhead versus michael myers was pitched in the 1990s and here is the entire concept for the movie that would see these two horror legends cross over so filmmaker dave parker had this conception to unite the halloween franchise with the hellraiser franchise in a plan that he pitched to dimension films now, all previous movies from each franchise were canon. From Halloween's perspective, this movie would have taken place after Halloween 6. From Hellraiser's perspective, it would have been up to Hellraiser Bloodline, which was released in 1996. So here's the full rundown plot for the movie. It would have been revealed in the movie that Sam Hain, aka the Lord of the Dead, who was mentioned by Dr. Loomis in Halloween 2, or more rather, the ritualistic nature of Sam Hain was brought up. Well, he escaped hell in 1968 and witnessed when Michael Myers himself came across Pinhead's configuration puzzle box. 
Michael's body was possessed by Samhain during this configuration, which explains to the audience exactly what happened to Michael back in 1968 by providing the audience with an explanation as to why he killed his sister. He was possessed. So fast forward to the 90s and we meet a bunch of new teenage characters who have a specific intrigue about Halloween and Michael Myers in general. They all decide to break into the Myers house on Halloween night, which is actually still abandoned at this point. And whilst breaking in and the house is explored further, the teens come across the puzzle box and solve the configuration. This leads to Pinhead showing up. During this moment, Pinhead attempts to kill the teens, unaware that Michael has escaped from Smith's Grove and is already at the house, waiting to make his move. Now, during the killing spree, Pinhead and Michael would have come face to face, with Pinhead recognising Michael instantly. And a huge fight and brawl between Pinhead and Michael would have kicked in, leading to Pinhead opening a doorway to hell and dragging Michael into hell and sealing the portal for good. So that is the rundown plot. Now during the time this was pitched, Dimension Films decided they didn't see any profit in uniting horror legends in this way and declined the movie. The idea however wasn't actually dropped, but rather put into a consideration pile for future projects. Now flash forward to the mid noughties Freddy vs Jason had been released and made huge box office numbers. Suddenly Dimension decided that Pinhead vs Michael Myers may have some weight to it after all, and they approached Halloween and Hellraiser legends John Carpenter and Clive Barker about bringing the former concept to life. Now, both men were completely on board with the idea, but the problem was the Halloween film producers Mustafa Akkad and his son Malik were not on board with the concept at all, and due to creative disagreements over the project, it was abandoned. And then, you know, after several years, it never got made, of course, and all the rumors and everything died down. I kind of forgot about it, and then I went to the comic book store one day, and I just kind of saw it there on the stand, and I was like, whoa, they made this into a comic? Well, I gotta get this, and I you know, was pretty excited to get it. Yeah, I, I, I sort of remember like things like that, like rumors, like where, I don't know, I, I feel like on like MTV or something, they had this thing where it was like they had Doug, what's his face, his pinhead, like you know, and that that you know, there was some. I, I, I don't know if there was any truth to this, but I, I always remember them talking about you know, oh, if Freddie and Jason, you know fought each other and died and went to hell then they they run into pinhead down there i guess and all hell breaks loose or something crazy but i you know i i i don't know if i was paying attention to the rumors about ash at the time but as far as my understanding of this goes like this comic is based on the the treatment that they tried to pitch for such a movie right so that that there, i don't know if it would have turned out exactly the same but it seems like at least you know the w- when it gives credit to jeff katz as the plotter like that's one of the guys i think that was like interning at new line and then worked on freddie versus jason so like there's some you know there's some legitimacy to to it you know as uh there's some semi-official nature to this sequelization that that it's it's a possible direction it could have gone in but i i I think what you're saying about you know kind of like how how just getting freddy versus jason off the ground and turned into a movie was a minor miracle in and of itself you know like and then you throw in like a third party to the mix i guess it's not super surprising that the only way they could get this to 
sort of come to fruition was just as a comic book and not as a, a live action film. When you look around horror, if you're going to get a capable hero, who is there to get? that's of equal iconic stature, at least, maybe not to the masses, but to the core. And in that case, there's one guy, and that was Ash. And so we, we went into that, uh, the movie comes out, this very nice box office performance, we start trying to get into negotiations, uh, Sam and the camp are very interested, we negotiate sort of on and off over two years, as is the nature of Hollywood deal-making, it comes and it goes, and we try again, and it comes and it goes, until ultimately the deal's just not going to make. Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, to me, was... I, the way I always saw it was never so much as a sequel. I almost kind of saw it as my personal trilogy. You know, you had Freddy versus Jason. You had Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, which kind of bringing Ash into it kind of end-capped a lot of the bookends on on that Freddy Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th storyline, and then bringing the Nightmare Warriors was a way to then bring those victims and to, to perfectly bookend all of them. The first draft I ever read was the Peter Briggs draft, which was actually taking very good care of continuity to where uh, Alice the Dream Master was in it, the Freemans from Jason Go to Hell uh, were in it, and ultimately it was about these the kids and the families coming together ultimately to stop them. The best ending I read in any of which I actually still think was in the Briggs draft, and in fact, because by the time this comes out I can say it, it's we ripped it off and we use it as an uh, homage, if you will, at the end of the Freddy Jason Ash Nightmare Warriors comic, where one of your federal agents in the sort of final battle is sucked through a time vortex and ends up back in Springwood in the desk uh, it, with the uh, search warrant to go get Fred Krueger in front of him, forges the signature and undoes basically the entire reign of terror. I mean, I, I, I don't know that I got any, like, specific answers, but, like, did, do you guys, did, did you enjoy this? Do you like this? Like, what do you, what do you think of this miniseries in general? When I was buying it month to month, I looked forward to reading it. And I liked it. I don't think I've read it since it came out. I don't know. I think I just kind of like, you know, I bought them, I read them each month, and I just kind of filed them away. I don't think I've revisited these issues until now. Reading it now, I still enjoy it, but like, I think I have like problems with things. And maybe we can talk about this, Derek, but like most of the problems I have with this thing now is like concerning Freddy. Because mm. like, it, it feels like, I don't know that he feels like Freddy, you know. Tony was saying, like, Ash feels like Ash, and he does. I agree with that. I don't know that Freddy always feels like Freddy. It feels like, I don't know, to use, like, a modernism, it feels like he's being an edgelord or something. Uh, you know, like, okay. like some of the stuff he says, like, it wouldn't get into a modern comic, like, you know, if it was made today. Yep. And then as far as, like, the plot, it's I guess it's that, like, sequel thing where it's like okay just make another one like the first one and make a few things different and this one it's kind of like the same thing again it's like freddy's trapped he needs to manipulate jason into doing a thing so they can get out again and freddy's kind of kept out of most of the action until like what the last two and a half issues mm -hmm. which i mean I, I like seeing my boy jason get like a bunch of good kills and stuff but i mean i i also like freddy and it's one thing to see him manipulate, but we saw that in the movie. I don't necessarily want to see it again in a comic book. I want to see Freddy get out there and torture people in their dreams and you know, and do Freddy stuff, not just kind of like be stuck in, in dreamland saying mean things to Jason and stuff because 
we've seen that before, but I don't know how you feel about Freddy in this. It's interesting because you guys are pinpointing some things that I don't think necessarily occurred to me, but, but mm. you spelling them out, like makes it really clear that this, this comic book is not only a sequel to Freddy versus Jason, but in some sense, it's like a remake with different salad dressing, I guess. And <laughs> I think I just to extend the metaphor, I think I spent a lot of time going, oh, man, what's with this salad dressing? It doesn't look familiar <laughs> at all without me kind of realizing it was the same fucking salad they served me the last. You know what I mean? Like, and what's funny is I I love the fucking salad the last time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for that Freddy versus Jason movie. Not only was it a minor miracle that it got made, but I think it's a minor miracle that it was good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it was just one of those things where, I mean, I know some people don't care for that movie, but I'm not one of those people. Like, I, I really do feel like it's one of those versus movies where, like, not to me, I mean, I don't know. They, they, they talk about, oh, Jason kicked Freddy's ass at the end of it or whatever. But I mean, I kind of feel like there, there was some sense of balance to it. Like, everybody got their licks in and nobody mm -hmm. looked completely pwned one way or the other you know like yeah. like just because jason's carrying freddy's head well freddy winks at the end you know what i mean so it's like everybody kind of constantly continually one-ups and 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 you know one-ups the one-up and you know it just goes on and on right which makes it this sort of entertaining conflict right because neither neither party is really willing to give in and i think one of the things that i found fascinating was you know, the, the, the guy that's credited with the plotter credits, you know, talks about how many, you know, in that uh, the uh, Never Sleep Again documentary. He talks about how many permutations of the original Freddy versus Jason script there were and how like, you know, well, he doesn't say this, but I'm saying it like how fucking balls awful like most of the previous drafts yeah. were like there were there were so many ridiculous drafts where it was either lopsided, you know, too much Jason, not enough Freddy, too much Freddy shit, not enough Jason stuff. And 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 they, they sort of got away from themselves with with concepts and stuff that like what you're saying, things that just don't resemble Jason or Freddy or in this case, Ash, right? Like there's, there's, there's a certain balance to maintain the core identity of this, uh, these IPs and these characters when they clash with one another. And like, I guess for me, like I, I almost didn't realize what you guys were saying was true, which is, well, this does kind of repeat certain certain beats and plot points of Freddy versus Jason that while pedestrian worked for that first movie, but now that you're pointing them out here and I don't like the salad dressing that much. I mean, that's kind of why I say like, okay, it's, it's Necro Freddy and it's, it's maskless Ash inspired Jake, you know, like, like, it, it, it to me it goes back to that whole you know my my constant old man yelling at cloud shit about thor ragnarok it's like how how much do you change thor before he's not thor anymore and how much you know how many fucking orange larflees demons does freddy need to be infused with before he's not freddy krueger anymore how many how many maskless you know machete stumped jason arms need to come up before it's like, uh, for me, like, I almost feel like the title should be 
Freddy and Jason versus Ash for like the first four issues. And then and then it's like then they do this flip where, you know, kind of like what you're saying, Jason's finally had enough. And then and then they come to blows, too. But I feel like by the time those two come to blows and by the time you you maybe get what the title supposedly promised, which in my mind and, and, and you guys are both like bigger wrestling fans than I ever was. So I, I think maybe you'll appreciate this. But when I read Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, I feel like. It's the extension of something like what it should be. It should be something like Alien, which was fantastic, to Aliens, which just blew the shit off the roof, right? Because it 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 turned the dial up to eleven. It you know all, all that stuff. It's like it's like it was it was a sequel that just you know it's worth it to be a sequel if you're going to do something that's you know magnifying the original you know, by a thousand or whatever, you know, it's like, it's like that, that there's something worth it to do that. And when I think of Freddie versus Jason versus Ash as a title, I'm like expecting a Royal rumble. You know what I mean? I'm expecting this cage match where you stick all those guys in the room and they all are going at each other that, you know, Freddie's biting Ash's leg while Ash is lopping off Jason's thing. And J- Jason's fucking punching Freddie in the fucking eyeball while, you know, Ash is kneeing Jason in the balls and, you know, just something something like that. But I feel like by the time they finally got into what should be perceived as like the climax where there is some kind of free for all between the three. It's like the only person I think that was semi recognizable in that as the core of the character was Ash. And, and what I found funny is in that Never Sleep Again documentary that he, he was constantly talking about, you know, oh, you know, we, we didn't want to get away from the core of the characters. You, we, I, I think he says something to the effect of, like, you see, you know, Freddy as you know him and Jason as you know him and the two coming to blows as you know them. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to, like, I don't know. You know, it, 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 it's the difference between Freddy, you know, I don't know, going after... uh uh I don't know, baghead Jason or Freddie going after child Jason or something. That's not quite what you have in mind when when you set up that confrontation, you know? And and I, I kind of feel like when they said Freddie versus Jason versus Ash, I kind of thought it would be the the core characters in a free-for-all. And I feel like you didn't get that mostly. And then when you finally did get something approximating it, most of the characters were kind of unrecognizable i guess if that makes sense but that's that's kind of my general thoughts on it but i i I don't know if you it sounds like justin you maybe share some of those but i'm not sure how how tony felt about it it's not a defense of the comic because i see both what you're saying i even made that comment that like some of this seems a lot of similar paths we took in freddie versus jason just the movie i guess the caveat is we have ash now and the thing is, is this isn't like Frankenstein versus the the Wolfman versus Dracula, where they're all kind of bad guys, even if they are sympathetic. No, Ash is a full-blown good guy. He's the hero. So now we have a hero in this universe where you don't really have heroes. You have good kids, and they'll barely win, but they're just regular people. Ash is kind of a superhero. So how do we how do we deal with that? 
Man, I'd say they dealt with it pretty well, but I do agree that they had to change Freddy and Jason a little bit, maybe too much. Me, myself, like, I don't know about character-wise, as far as Necro Freddy, as you call him, uh, Derek, but I don't like the design. I don't like that weird goblin face they gave him. I thought that was a little too much. I mean, but, it's like... It's like some I, I, aspects of it is kind of like the new Nightmare Freddy, but again, it's like it, it's something that sort of dovetails into its own path or whatever. Yeah, it just, you know, it, it's not that we haven't seen Jason without a mask before. It's happened, just not a whole fucking lot. And for him to be maskless for a good chunk of the final fight, it did seem a little bit off. It was like like half of his thing is the the hockey mask, just like, you know, Jason is a hockey mask and a machete. That's like his, that you, you're talking about wrestling. That's his gimmick. Just like Freddy is the red, red and uh, green striped shirt, his little hat and his fucking glove. And he even loses the fucking hat, you know, in the yeah. final battle. Yeah. And yeah. They, they lose know, things that make yeah. them, you know, that define them, that make them, you know, iconic or whatever. So then you, you know, you start to question, well, is this really the iconic image of these guys? getting into a fight with one another. And like, I, I, you know, and again, I don't mean to sort of come in and poo-poo this either because I, I feel like I share the same backstory as Justin. You know, I was reading these off the stands. I remember enjoying them as they were coming out from month to month. I looked forward to reading them. You know, they were on, you know, they were at the top of my pile. You know, I, I, I liked, I like team ups. I like versus things. I mean, I don't, I don't have an as extensive history with Ash. Like I, I, I you know, I, I guess it's worth going into. Like I, I, you know, I've seen the films, but I don't, I don't think they resonate with me as much as they do with the people that introduced me to them. If that makes sense. But I guess what I was trying to get at was like I enjoyed this at the time as disposable entertainment, but. You know, kind of coming back to it, like this this came out in 2007, 2008. And, it, you know, what is it? It's been like 14 years or something. And coming back and reading it all at once as and I think even the people that worked on it, you know, described this as a trilogy. Right. There's the Freddy versus Jason. There's Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. And then there's the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, the Nightmare Warriors. And. I have to be honest, like, and, and I, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll end up covering this in the future sometime, but like, I, the, I, I think when I thought about Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, I think I sort of conflated the, the final chapter of the trilogy with this. And I remember having good memories about it, but now I'm kind of realizing, oh, this was kind of set up for that last part of the trilogy. And I think maybe, I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll read it and, and come to a different conclusion. But I, I seem to have more distinct memories and, and fondness for the, the Nightmare Warriors that is hinted at, like, at the very last page of this than I do for this actual series, I guess. Yeah, Justin, did, 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 like, was, you, you said, you know, Jason's your boy. Was there anything that, like, you felt kind of either disrespected or took away from his aura? Not really. I mean, I don't even really have that big of a problem with him losing the mask for the last issue or issue and a half or whatever. Like that just that that doesn't bother me. You know, like 
I like that he gets most of the kills. You know, one of the things that kind of, I don't know what the right word is, like, not really shocked, but I'll get, I guess I was impressed, and that's, that doesn't even feel accurate either. But the level of gore in this comic, like the first time I read it, I was like, oh, okay, because there's a lot of, like, you know, decapitations, bisections, you know, that guy gets the clipboard through his head that tears it off, and you've got, like, the carolers' heads, you know, in a pile and, and the bloody snow and everything. Like, I was like, okay, they're not holding back too much in this comic, you know, which is which is fine. I like a good level of gore in my my movies. But you know, nothing really bothered me about Jason. Like I said, it's mostly for Freddy I have the issues. You know, like I, I like the Evil Dead movies. I like Ash as a character, so I thought he was pretty well represented and portrayed here. But it's just, it's mostly Freddy where I start kind of like picking at a thread and I start to unravel it. I, I almost feel like Freddy and Jason in this are like Doctor Doom and Kang in the Infinity War. <laughs> like like that they're they're both like teamed up momentarily for you know their own advantage until it becomes disadvantageous, you know, like where it's like, you know, they they, they you know, if, if if you didn't know any better, it'd be like, you know, Freddy and, and Jason would have the thought balloons where it's like it's like we will work together for now and then I will kill you, you know, like that kind of thing. And I, I, and and it's funny because I guess for some reason, I don't think of that in the first movie, but I, I hear what you guys are saying. Like technically that is what happens in the first movie too. Right. Because Freddie uses Jason to create terror so that the kids will be afraid of him. But then they, they go too far, right? Like Jason takes his kill, right? Like, and then, and then that creates the conflict, right? It's like, no, I just, I just brought you here to spook the kids so I can kill them, not so you can, you know, take all my kills and, and, and go on a rampage or whatever, right? And that's ultimately what brings them into conflict with one another. And in this case, it's almost like, hey, you want to get rid of me? Go get the Necronomicon so I can have a power-up. But that's what makes this feel more like Doctor Doom and less like Freddy. You know, it's like it's like he's he's angling for like even more power, you know, and it's like uh, not not that that's something that Freddy wouldn't do, but I just I don't know. It just it just it's like the Necronomicon's like this MacGuffin, you know, like that that is part of Ash's universe. So, I mean, I get what Tony's saying, like Ash is the hero. Right. And I think I mean, if you look into the history of why this movie didn't get made, I mean, that th everything you're saying about Freddy is why New Line didn't want to make this movie. Like, they were like, dude, Freddy got his ass kicked in the last movie. We can't have Freddy get his ass kicked again. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think from some of the, 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 the Larrys uh, on the New Line side of it, they were just like, look, like, we, we need Freddy to do something cool in this, and he just gets... You know, he, he, he's got big ambition, but he doesn't really succeed in any of it. And then also, kind of what you're saying, like, he, there's something about him that just doesn't feel like pure Freddy, I guess. I, I think the part of it that felt the most like Freddy to me was the part where he got into Ash's head and made him relive all the Evil Dead stuff. Like, I don't have a lot of history with Evil Dead, but I remember you know, being shown those movies. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I understand that Evil Dead is, you know, Evil Dead 2 is a higher budget remake of Evil Dead, right? And I've seen both versions. And I've seen 
you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the deadite spirits or whatever the fuck was going on, the haunted house that basically makes Ash like cut off his own hand, which is why he's got the chainsaw hand and the whole nine yards. Like I, I very memorable. I, I, I haven't seen that movie in God knows how long, but I mean, I remember those sequences, right? Like I understand Ashley Williams origin. And I, I also have kind of vague memories. I don't think I ever saw it in the theaters, but I remember when army of darkness was like playing in movie theaters. Like I remember the posters and the, 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 you know, the, the you know, this is my boom stick, you know, like I remember all that stuff. Right. Even though I, I, you know, I don't think I ever watched any of those movies until I was in college, but because he's the hero, like, it, it, I mean, it almost, unfortunately, you know what I said before about Freddy versus Jason, and it was a minor miracle that, Freddie and Jason were both balanced in the movie. Like the problem with introducing a hero into your free for all is that automatically disrupts the balance. Like there's no way to have balance. Right. Cause, cause Ash is the hero. Cause he, he has to win. Right. And the fact that Freddie is angling for a MacGuffin from Ash's universe, like that, is probably inherently the problem with it, right? Like, like, why does he need that MacGuffin? Yeah. Like, why can't he just... I mean, if Freddy is as all-powerful as, as he is in his own movies, he shouldn't need a MacGuffin. And he, th there is that moment where he makes Ash relive the Evil Dead stuff, and he's giving him nightmares. And that's, that's what Freddy does. Do you know what I mean? I mean, ostensibly, if Ash was not a hero... If Ash was not an IP character, if it was just, you know, I don't know, a pseudo-Ash, a fake Ash in, in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, that, whatever, second, third issue where he, you know, relives the nightmare, but instead of the the, the ghosts or the deadites in his hand, it's, it's Freddy's hand possessing him and, and cutting him up or whatever, like, that would be the end of Ash. That, that would be how a Freddy story would end. Ash would have a nightmare about his old life and, and things that he had already succeeded, you know, had, had already triumphed over. He would just make him relive that and he would fail this time. You know what I mean? That's his nightmare that he didn't succeed. Right. And that would be the end of it. But in this case, you know, Ash's fan aura as the hero, as the, 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 the primary character in this, you know, it, 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 I, I don't know. It's kind of interesting too, because I, I guess I, I'm, like I said, I'm not that familiar. Like, Ash versus the Evil Dead, like the TV series, like it's obviously a much older Bruce Campbell, even than Bruce Campbell would have been had this been a movie in like, you know, I don't know, 2005, 2007, like, you know, the, you know, pre pretend the movie actually came out shortly after 2003. It still would have been an older Bruce Campbell, but not nearly as old as the Bruce Campbell that was in the TV series. Does Ash have lots of romantic encounters with women half his age in the TV series? Like, is he still, is he still the kind of give me some sugar baby character at that age, or do they do they tone it down? Do they do they just have him hit on a bunch of milfs? Like, what 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 are they, I, I guess I'm just wondering oh. like what what do they do in that context? Uh, he is. He's just not as successful. Okay, so 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 he, he's, he's still old. the same. He's yeah. true to himself, but then these 
these either younger women or modern women or whatever you want to call it, like they 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 shoot them down a lot more, kind of like how the girls in this are kind of like mean girls and tell them to stick it up his ass at first. But by the end of this, he at least is, you know, it looks like he got with Caroline, which I, I, I found it's one of those things where I'm like, well, I guess he's the lead. He's the hero. He gets the girl. But I, I did find that to be maybe a bit more wish fulfillment than, 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 than something that had, some verisimilitude about it, if that makes sense. But I don't know. Am I wrong? Like, should I just be like, oh, yeah, he, he should get the girl. Like, that's how it's supposed to be. Like, I, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I will speak as far as Ash. Usually, like, it, he does have a scene in this where he kind of breaks down because he thinks Caroline is dead because he, he usually loses the girl. Like, he gets the girl or and then, and then either she gets killed or something. Okay. Or he has to go back in the present, and he, he has to leave her in the past, and all this. And that happens in Army of Darkness. Yeah, so he does, he like he gets the girl, but just for a second, and then something terrible happens, either to him or to her. So I, I you know, there there is that. You know, he's uh, he's kind of like the Luke Skywalker unlucky in love trope. So there is that. Is Ash cool? Do you think Ash is a pretty cool guy? See, you, you know what's funny I is I I I I feel like I have a bias because. Too many people in my life that I'm not as close and intimate with anymore have shared Ash with me. So, so I I feel like uh, it, it, it's I I don't know. Ash has a weird layer of tries too hard for me, and not just in the character, but like people that, in other words. It's 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 like you know it's like if I said to you oh hey I'm gonna sit you down I'm gonna make you watch all like fucking nine Freddy movies and you're gonna like fucking Freddy Krueger it's like that that's kind of I, I I feel like that's in some ways you know maybe not as extreme but but that that's that was my introduction to Ash like I like this like you're gonna think it's great like watch this with me and I did. And I understand it, but it didn't. It, I never made it my own, so so I never. I, I I don't know. It's it's weird. Like Bruce Campbell is like one of those things where like Bruce Campbell makes these cameos in movies, and people like lose their minds and think he's like the coolest thing ever. And you know, people you know, they're like, dude, you gotta watch Bubba Hotep. You gotta watch this and that. And I'm like, okay, so I watch it, and I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, like. I mean, am I, I? I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I, to most people, they'd be gasping or whatever. It's like, what the fuck's wrong with you, dude? Like, Bruce Campbell's like the coolest shit ever. But like, sometimes I watch it and I'm just like, is he really? Like, is he really the coolest thing ever? Like, I don't, I don't know. And I feel like there's a little bit of it where it's like that, that John Wayne factor. You know, it's like, it's like Bruce Campbell is Bruce Campbell. You know, and like, it's, it's like either you like the personality or you don't like the personality. But if you don't like it, then it doesn't work for him to be this kind of uh, charismatic guy. If you're like, are you if, if you ever question the charisma, which I think I've fallen into that trap, right, where I'm like, I'm like trying to look behind the curtain and see how the wizard does the magic trick, as opposed to just looking at the magic trick and going, oh, clap, clap, clap. I love the magic trick. You know what I mean? Like, it's more like I'm like, I don't know, man, that that doesn't seem right. And then you look behind the curtain, and you're like, wait a minute. The wizard's not this big-headed, scary guy. It's like some little asshole behind the curtain, you know, like, like, or you know, that that kind of thing. And so I think, I, 
it's it's a uh, I don't know. It, it's a layered question for me, and 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 I feel like I don't I don't know. It, it just I I don't know that the premise in and of itself ever worked for me, and I think that's why maybe the the movie itself never get off the ground because I think I, I almost feel like it, it it's it'd be like Bruce Tim making a Batman movie with like Freddy versus Jason. You know what I mean? Like where it's like, it's like if you can wrap your head around that, like I love Batman, right? And I like Batman, but like, there's no way in hell that a Batman versus Freddy versus Jason movie is going to end with Batman looking stupid, right? It has to end with him whooping their ass. Do you know what I mean? There's just no question. And if you think Batman's just a normal dude and he shouldn't even be part of the Justice League, then anybody with that mindset is going to go, what the fuck, Freddy versus J Jason? They're beat the, they'll kill the shit out of Batman like a hundred times over. But like, th there's that, I don't know, elitism or arrogance it's like no dude it's batman you know and it's like and i i kind of feel like maybe and and this is not I'm, I'm i'm not trying to throw shade on ash or whatever like if people like ash and they like the evil dead like i get it it's been shown to me i appreciate it i respect it i've never said to anybody why do you like this shit you know like i've never tried to be like that but i think there is that that little voice in the back of my head where i'm like you know what i don't completely I don't completely get this or I don't completely embrace the um you know that core fan base that you know loves this shit. Like I I, I can't count myself among them, I guess, if that makes sense. I, I guess like at the end of the day, Ash works a lot better in the Evil Dead movies because more or less the the trope, I guess you would say, or the what makes it amusing is Zombies always win. They kill all the people. But this guy just goes through zombies like crazy. So when you put him up against like a big bad, like, a, a, you know, a Freddy or a Jason, it's like, you know, a little harder to kind of digest. Like, you know, as you have both said, you're a Freddy guy. You like Freddy. Justin's a Jason guy. You know, he, he really likes Jason. So it's like, it's not that you're mad about it or, you know, it pisses you off. It's just like, you know, you know that the good guy's going to win because he's, he's been deemed the good guy. And in his universe, it's not that bad because all the enemies are usually faceless or they're just weird ass versions of him. Basically, <laughs> you know, they're deadite versions of Ash. So it's a lot more palatable, but if it's your favorite character and they're getting owned, like you said, new line cinema, they're like, you know, it, it's like alien versus predator versus Luke Skywalker. Right, right. If you like, like aliens, like, yeah. And, and dude, see, and that that I can understand because I'm like, dude, it's Luke Skywalker. Of course, he's gonna beat the shit out of those guys. You know what I mean? But like, but like, if you if you weren't if you weren't about that, you know, like if if you if if you couldn't completely commit to that, or 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 the fact that it makes it so lopsided, it's like it's like it would have to be some like I don't know. I feel like I feel like if you just swapped it out with somebody like. I think they were going for something like, you know, Alien versus Predator versus Judge Dredd. You know what I mean? But I feel like Ash skew uh, as funny as it is to say, I feel like Ash skews more towards Luke Skywalker than he does to Judge Dredd, you know? Or at least in concept. I don't know. I mean, I, I have some I have some silly notes if you want to get into that. I don't know if Justin, you have anything 
to say about what we just talked about in general, though. The only thing I'll add is the way a lot of fans feel about Bruce Campbell is probably the way you feel about and see Jensen Ackles, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I mean, I, 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 I guess, I guess I get it conceptually. Right. You know what I mean? But I just, I, I, I don't. I know. I, I, I can't. It's okay. I'm not gonna throw tomatoes at you. No, no, no. I know. I just, I just can't. I, I, I can't commit myself to it. It's, it's like it doesn't feel true to me. Like. Like I'm fine if other people feel that way. Like, and I'm like, dude, like that's awesome. I just, there, there's something about it. I just, I guess I just don't see or get or whatever. I really wanted, and we left a lot of money on the table. And I think in hindsight, people at uh, Sam Raimi's company and people at New Line Cinema, people at Time Warner, are upset. Uh, there was a great idea. And a, and, a, and, a, and a treatment, and this is when Sam Raimi was God, the richest man in Hollywood because of the first Spider-Man franchise. And uh, <laughs> Sam wanted to do Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. If you know, in the, in, in the, one of the greatest, wonderful, funny, smart actors in the business is Bruce Campbell. He's also way too handsome. But my idea was, for the poster, I had this great idea. The reason we didn't do it is Sam wanted Bruce to win. He wanted Ash to win. He wanted Ash to kick Freddie and Jason's ass, which I thought was funny and a great idea. And they were oh, no, but Freddie lost in Freddie vs. Jason. We can't have Freddie losing it because, you know, Freddie's the most successful franchise in the history of horror films, etc. I said, guys, you resurrected me with dog urine. You know, in one of the movies, you can bring me back, it's easy. Besides, I wink at me and everybody knows I'm a, if, if they dream of me, I'll get them again. But no, 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 we can't have Freddie lose twice. So it kind of fell away. But I had this idea for the post, and you guys remember the 300, right? Everybody had those washboard abs. Well, I, I worked with that company. I worked with that crew up in Montreal. A lot of that was airbrush. <laughs> Just so you know, stuntmen couldn't stop eating that poutine in Montreal. They loved it. The French fry with the gravy all over. So, but the stars, the actors, all had they were like they were like into this one-upsmanship, working out. But then they highlight your abs with with, with spray paint. It's a makeup trick. They've been doing it forever. And uh, so my idea was we take Bruce's shirt off, right? We send him to the gym for a couple of weeks. So it's Bruce Campbell with, with his uh, airbrush abs, right? And he's got Jason in a headlock on this side, and he's got me in a headlock on this side, and he's smiling. You know, with wind in his hair, like Beyonce, you know, wherever he goes, he's got wind in his hair. And the poster would say, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, keeping the world safe from sequels. <laughs> You know what I want to talk about? Because because I don't often do this, but I, I feel like I have to just because of the the caliber of the the the, the reputation of of the artist involved is uh, I need to talk about the J. Scott Campbell cover. Like, is okay. it me? Like like I it's weird. Like he's a fan favorite guy. Like he's known for just doing covers, and he just did this one triptych cover, right? And it's got Freddie, it's got Ash, and it's got Jason. Ash looks great. I don't know what it is, but like Freddie and Jason don't like. L let me put it this way: if I ever saw that for sale, 
it would be way the fuck out of my price range. I'd have to, I, I'd have to like, you know, I don't know. Uh, it, it would be the price of like, you know, two houses that I couldn't afford now, right? But I'd look at it and just go, yeah, that. I mean, if Freddie's like my guy, I'm like, something about that just doesn't quite look right to me. Like, like, and I don't know how you feel about it. Like, I was just curious. Like, do you like his interpretation of Jason? Like, what do you? And and Tony, just in general, like, what do you think of that triptych cover with the you know Freddie and Jason and Ash by J. Scott Campbell? Like, because I I I don't know what it is, but it's like I, I get why he's popular. I like his art. I, I think I don't know. Maybe you know. I'm just trying to think, but like, there's no. I don't know. He's more known for like you know drawing a sexy MJ or a sexy black cat or something. And, like, it just feels weird because I'm kind of like, you can't really make a sexy Jason, a sexy <laughs> Freddy, right? And there's something about that that just kind of feels like, huh, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I think I'm supposed to respond to it in a certain way, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't quite look right to me. Except for, I'd say, like, Ash looks, I think Ash looks cool, ironically. Whereas, like I told you guys, like, maybe that's not the character I... I can glom onto the most just in general, but on that cover it is, you know, like, so I, I don't know. When I went to the comic book store, I had my choice of covers to pick and I picked the Ash cover. That's the one I own. So I guess I kind of agree with you. Like Jason looks too big and hulking. I mean, he's, he's been played by bigger actors over the years, many different body types, you know, and everything. But he looks too much like the Hulk and Freddy. I don't know. Something's off about Freddy too. I yeah. can't quite place. My... I, I can't. I can't quite put my finger on it. It's like yeah. it's like Freddy is a Revlon model or something. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't really understand it. It just there's, there's something about it that just doesn't doesn't work. Like, but I'm I'm curious, Tony, just from your perspective on the art on that cover. Like, what what do you think about what we've been discussing? Actually, <laughs> I have a different take. I will agree with Freddie. He he looks a little too skinny. He needs a sandwich. I don't know what's going on. But the, 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 I don't know. The face is kind of off too. He's just like. Eh. I think Jason looks hench and actually is probably the best one on the cover as far as my tastes go. Because like even if Jason doesn't really look like that, scared like eighteen year old in Crystal Lake probably thinks that's what he looks like from her memory. You know, just this big ass fucking hulking monster so i could see that kind of unfortunately for ash even though he is like probably my favorite character as far as the three out of the series when i look at that face i can't help but look at the fucking darren from bewitched cartoon in the opening and it's just like i don't know he just <laughs> i just hear the fucking theme song from bewitched and i'm like is that dick york <laughs> It's a little too uh, cartoonish, like caricature-ish for you, I guess. He, he like like Bruce Campbell does have a big chin. He he has a book called you know forgot the total name of it. It's about his chin. You know he he's known for having that that very prominent you know superhero chin. If chins could talk, that's what his book is called, and that's fine. But the hair's a little too perfect. He I don't know. He looks a little too clean. It's just, it's just me. I mean, you know, it's just personal preference. Like you guys, like, like 
Justin didn't like the Jason, and neither one of you liked the the Freddy. You know, it's like Mm. I don't think that's the perfect Ash. You know. Okay. Okay. No, that's that's why we asked, I guess. I I feel like maybe this is more. I I don't know. Maybe this is more indicative of a a Michael Myers or a maybe even a Friday the 13th film and, and less indicative of a Freddy film, which is why it feels slightly weird to me, even though I think it's been done in Freddy movies before. I, I wanted to talk about how Lori and Will, like, immediately get killed, like, which is interesting to me because they're the survivors at the end of the first film, so you wonder if there'd be some continuity with them you know, continuing to be protagonists in this film, like maybe they team up with Ash or something like that. But they're they're basically, you know, they're they're the the care, you know, they're the 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 dream warriors that survive Nightmare on Elm Street three, but then are immediately killed in Nightmare on Elm Street four, right? To to make way for the new toys or the new cast or you know whatever you want to say, right? But then I don't know. There there was something about that that I just found like very what is it? It's like it's like uh, you know, kind of mercenary, like the way the the way that what, what's her face? What's her name? Was it Alice? Like the you know, it's like it's like the 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 first girl from the 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 Friday the Thirteenth that survived, and then it's like immediately she's gone to the fridge and she dies in the second movie, right? Isn't that how it goes, Justin? Am I thinking of that right? I believe so. Yeah. So like and. Uh, I mean, so so I, I know there's precedent for it, but I feel like I feel like Laurie and Will dying right in the first couple pages is more like that than than anything else. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe you guys didn't care because you're like, who cares about those stupid characters? Like they could just get smoked and it's no big deal. But I I, I don't know. I, I I did find that interesting that that they're 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 tenuous continuity, but it's kind of like that whole you know. Charlton Heston, you know, and Beneath the Planet of the Apes. It's like, okay, I'll come back, but kill me in the first two minutes, you know, like that thing or whatever. I really didn't have a problem with it, to be honest. Okay. I, I think in the in the greater scheme of things, yeah, it doesn't really mean a whole lot beyond the fact, literally, that they're they're basically saying, hey, kids, this is in the same continuity as Freddy versus Jason. But beyond that, there, there has been, and I, you guys can feel free to correct me, because like I said, I'm not as up to date on my Freddy and, and uh, Friday Thirteenth, you know, universes. But I know in Freddy, Heather Langenkamp, that's her real name. That character came back mm-hmm. uh, a few times actually. And Justin, I don't know the actress's name, but wasn't there like a psychic girl or someone like that who came back in Friday Thirteenth? She was only in one movie. Oh, wasn't there somebody who came back, or did they all die? I, I could be wrong. Like I said I Tom, could be wrong. Tommy Jarvis is probably the the character that. You know, it, you know, Corey Feldman was in four, but then they they had a version of him older in five and another version of him in six. So, I mean, if, if you want to compare okay. like to, to, I don't know, Nancy or Alice, you know, like in the Nightmare movies, like the, the Friday the 13th counterpart would probably be Tom Jarvis, I'm guessing. I mean, in terms of you know, surviving movie to movie, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I I, I definitely remember the girl from Fre- the um, Freddy movies, but I wasn't sure about Friday Thirteenth. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you, they could have survived, but I, I guess like it was to 
established, you know, that Jason and Freddy aren't fucking around again. And also, right. like, as far as, again, movie tropes, when they come in and Will's like, I don't know if we should come back here, I kind of figured he was dead. You know? Right, 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 right. So, the, I guess for me, the, 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 it, it, it's super weird imagery, but, but I feel like, to me, it's the the highlight of this miniseries, even though it happens at the beginning. <laughs> it makes me laugh too much. And it, it's probably at the expense of Jason, but I think it's funny as fuck that Freddy is banging the shit out of fucking Pamela Voorhees, and then he fucking has a smoke afterwards. I don't know why. That's just fucking funny to me. Even though it probably shouldn't be, but um, I, I thought that was fucking fun. We've actually been sworn to secrecy, yeah. you know, by New Line Cinema here, but uh, I'll, I'll say my one, this is my path thing. Freddy takes a licking, but he keeps on clicking. <laughs> All right. He, he, he holds up, let me tell you. He takes a good beating, but, uh, but so does Jason. So, yeah. you know, you just have to wait and see where those end up. Why won't you die? Well, well he, like, like in, in the first movie, well, first movie, in the only movie, in Freddy vs. Jason, Freddy kind of treats Jason like a henchman, you know, like, mm-hmm. go do my bidding. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he does treat him like basically a mean stepfather, you know, it's like yeah. a stupid yeah. kid, you know. And so. yeah, I mean, they 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 don't. They, there's no subtlety about that either, you know. Like it's it's pretty much they they flat out say that, right? It's not like there's any, uh, you know, there's no subtext. It's all text, right? Like that's that's kind of what's going on in the the comic book or whatever. I thought it was cool that. Um, that Caroline mentions Jason copycats, like kind of a reference to part five of Friday the 13th, you know, that there, there have been Jason copycat killers in the past. I don't know. I, I found like, cause, cause it's like, I guess there's the example of what you say happens to Ash in the TV shows. Like when he first comes to the S mark, he's kind of hitting on those three girls and, and they're all like, as if I'd ever sleep with old dinosaur guy and they, you know, walk off into the forest or whatever. And Jason kills them all. Right. But then there's Bree who is like, you know, she kind of has Ash simp out to her, you know, like, Oh, you know, buy me some stuff. And, will totally hook up or whatever. And then when it comes time to like deliver on that promise, you know, it's like, oh no, she's actually going off with some dumb jock bros instead. So it's like Ash in that instance does not look like a hero or or I guess he's got that hard luck hero thing, the the thing you were talking about before. Like not not just that he gets with a girl and 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 she befalls some tragic fate. Like not like you know, that's like daredevil level problems, but I mean like, you know, like Peter Parker ish level problems, you know, or, or, or maybe even worse than that, where the the girl actively like hates his guts or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's like, you've got these, yeah. you know, essentially these mean girls, you know, taking advantage of, of somebody like Ash, right? Like, you know, and so I, I guess what I'd say about that is one, I kind of feel like that care, like, I don't know, like, and this is just me, you know, it's like, oh, all them, all them bitchy white chicks look the same or whatever. But it's like, I, I kind of feel like, especially in for the art in this, you know, it's fine. But I mean, like Carolyn and Brie are kind of redundant. You know, they're 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 both blonde chicks that kind of look the same age, you know, like so I and I don't know what the point is 
you, you know what I mean? If, if the point is for one to die and one to end up with Ash, okay, well, they did that, right? But I, I, I was just kind of like, I, I didn't understand why, if, if she was mean to Ash and then she dies as a result, like, okay, that's one thing. But it's like they kept her alive for a little while, like, like, like where, you know, you, you were thinking, like, is she going to either A, have a turn of heart? Like, you know, they could have had a scene where she was like, look, I was mean to you. You saved my life. I'm sorry. And then she dies, you know, like some, something where there's a little more meat to it or like, you know, you know, she could say like, look, I was a total bitch to you. I'm, I'm really sorry or whatever. And then you feel bad when she did, you know, uh, Jason like splatters her head all over the place or something, you know, something like that. Or, or, you know, I, I, I don't know, just, just some, something where, you know, there's some reason like to, to, I don't know keep them around or whatever but I, I i don't know you know that that's me just probably digging too deep into the i don't know the the, the body count i guess of the film or whatever well it, it could have been like like justin was saying like you know freddie kind of comes off like an edge lord it, it could have been like the whole thing of like you know caroline's the one who actually talked to ash and she's like you know I, you know, I think he's telling the truth, and I believe him, and I, I want to help him, and I'm gonna make sure. So she's she's the good girl, and Bree's like, I'm gonna spend all your money, and I'm gonna go fuck these guys, and you save me. Oh my god, you're a hero. I, I'm dead, and like she realizes too late, you know, kind of. Yeah, know yeah, but I guess for me, one, she never has that epiphany, and two, I mean, at least in the way they're depicted in this, Carolyn and Bree both look like attractive blonde girls. Like, they're, there's, you know, I'm, I'm just like... No, no, I agree on that. I, I was kind of like, what the fuck is the... Di-? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't know. Like, like if it was me and I was casting, I, I would have been like, look, it's fine. They both need to be hot, like, CW girls. But, like, can we, can we, you know, can we do something make where Car- they're... Make Carolyn a redhead. Yeah, so, something, just anything, you know, like it, do, it doesn't even, you know, just something where you, you know, it's like, it's, it, it's easy to tell them apart, right? Like, whereas, you, you know, you're not sitting there scratching your head, like wondering who died or whatever it is, right? Like, I thought uh, essentially Jason going to town on Walmart shoppers was pretty fucking funny. Like, I thought that was a, a highlight for Jason, you know, like just killing stupid Walmart shoppers. Like, I thought that was, that was pretty funny. Well, 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 Justin was impressed by the body count. Were you, were, were you also impressed by how creative some of uh, Jason's kills were, Justin? Uh, not really, no. I mean, I like the uh, Walmart sequence. I think, like, that would have been interesting to see on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the disparity of, like, people just going about their business in Walmart or, or whatever, you know, it says smart. And all of a sudden you introduce Jason and he just like goes on a rampage and just tears people apart or bisects them or, or whatever. Like that would have been a cool sequence. But I mean, for the most part, the kills are pretty, I mean, there's gore, but they're kind of like in terms of movies, like they're kind of tame. It's like, they're just decapitations, bisections, people getting like ripped apart. Like it's kind of, you know, tame. And I kind of wonder if it was like, toned down for the comic or or not i, I mean i don't know like i mean like i said i, I was uh surprised by some of the gore in this but i kind of wonder if they like held some stuff back because it is a comic and they can only do so much i don't know i, I think maybe like there's people in the in the business 
that are like known as gore masters and it makes shit look real. And maybe the artist wasn't really good at kind of showing like realistic gore, even though it was really bloody. It was more like Mortal Kombat gore. Like it was it was gratuitous, but there wasn't necessarily a, a sense of realism to it, I guess. I mean, that's how I thought. I mean, did you kind of think the same way, Dustin, or am I alone in thinking that? No, I guess that's a good way of putting it, yeah. There is this sort of male adolescence fascination with which character, you know, alien versus predators. That's why they can make these movies. And it's been around forever. I mean, it's obviously been around since the 30s. Uh, you know, they were, you know, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. But I mean, it, it's amazing how many times kids ask me that question. And uh, over the years, since, you know, 84, 85, I, I, you know, I, they've run through the entire gauntlet of horror stars and horror characters, you know. Uh, Mr. Ring, uh, dude, dude, like, like, what I'd like to know, man, is what would happen if, like, you ran into Pinhead. Could, could you take Pinhead, or is, would Pinhead like put you into like his realm, man? You know, and I have to always say, I get them when they fall asleep. I have the upper hand when they fall asleep. Freddy would win. I, I know we kind of went into this a little bit, but like, and I, I guess you'll you'll have to let me know, Justin. But like, I guess since Jason being maskless and having the whole machete arm thing didn't bug you very much, like what? What do you guys think of their final free-for-all or whatever, you know, the, 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 the three-way fight at the end? Because, I mean, that's, that's, that's what you were promised, right? And I, I, I do kind of feel like that was not, I don't know, there, there's just something about that for me where I, I just thought there could have been more to that. But I don't know if you guys feel differently or, or if there were things that you enjoyed. Like, I, I, I mean... I don't know. There was there was something about it where I liked when Jason finally like stood up for himself, like you know, and he busts through what what I was calling the the dream dimension, like and kind of stands up to to Freddy, like at that point. But that was still when he was, you know, masked and and kind of to me the the most traditional form of of Jason. But then you know once it got to the the, the end point, you know, where they're all fighting with one another and they all look just a little different than than their traditional forms. It wasn't as, I don't know, I, I think maybe some of what Tony talked about rings true. You know, some of the, the, the violent aspects, you know, don't seem quite as uh, realistic. They seem, you know, a bit more caricature-ish, you know. And and then you know the, the the whole you know there's 50 billion goofy looking Freddies and 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 yeah I don't know I think it's one of those things that probably would have looked better on screen right like mm. it probably would have been like a nice visual like it's it's the thing you're building up to so I imagine it would have had like more meat to it like visually and it probably would have like lasted longer like on screen whereas you can just flip through the pages in just a few minutes i don't even know how i would do it if it was up to me it's like how do you like do you give the reader a tease of that in the first issue or do you hold off until the very end or do you do you give them a taste of it at the end of issue three and then you back off and go back into it like i don't i don't know real what the right answer is but i i mean having ash battle jason and then having freddie like that's fine but it's like well, how do you get to like how do you get to the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash part? And when you get to it, like 
does it feel earned? Are you are you okay with it? Like, how does it look visually? I thought parts of it were hard to follow because there was yeah. like, yeah. there was a part where I was like, wait, what happened to Jason? Oh, the car fell on him, and he's like under the ice now. I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I think I, I think that's what happened, and I had to like go back and like make sure I was keeping track of all the moving pieces. I was like, okay, that's what happened. Freddy gets sucked up into the, you know, the sky vortex thingy of the dead ice void space thing or whatever but like yeah i i i don't know that it's satisfying it's nice when you finally get to like you know it's like you've had like you know you're sitting here and you've had like the nachos and cheese you've had the nachos and salsa you're sipping on your coke you're like man like when are they gonna get here with my you know my chicken burrito like i'm i've been waiting for this all day like i've been craving it and you get to it and you're like yeah it was okay i could i have a could have some more like that one didn't really fill me up like that's kind of how i feel about that battle like it it was okay but it didn't quite like fill me up like i feel like i'm gonna have to have more chips and chips and cheese or something i i kind of feel like um and th this is only from personal experience so don't throw me under the bus or anything but uh i i kind of feel like i got my chips and salsa and and everything the appetizers that you described but instead of getting the chicken burrito i expected I got like Ethiopian food or something. And I was just like, what? You know? And 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 I, I say that from, from pure experience. Like I've been taken to Ethiopian restaurants before and you can't use utensils and you, you eat it with the bread and it's this kind of uh, I don't know, unique dining experience, shall we say? And uh, and and it wasn't mm, something cool. that I was that wasn't something that I was like super interested in 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 repeating, but I mean, I I, I went and I, I I ate it and and I experienced it and you know, but that's that's kind of how I feel about the end. It was kind of something. It was food, but it was kind of you know, it, it, you know, this is a story. I, I follow it. it. It you know, it makes sense, but certain aspects of it were either unrecognizable or unpalatable to me. I guess you know, and I I, I do feel like. I, I sort of conflated the Nightmare Warriors stuff with with this as well. Like, and I think I do have, you know, much fonder memories of the the follow up miniseries to this. But like I said, who knows? I haven't read that in a long time either, so I may have a different opinion if and when I uh, ever revisit that. Like, what what if? Okay, this this is a pitch, Larry, and just like you know, we could shoot it down or edit it out. But, like, what if in the final scene, instead of what we got, what if we got, you know, Freddy almost about to achieve his necro-Freddy godhood, but it's established that Jason has gotten some smarts back. He's not just a brainless killing machine anymore. He does the finger wag at one of them at one point. He's, he's aware now. He's been awakened by the deadite presence. So, like, what if Freddy calls forth, like, a dead-eyed army because of the book of, you know, the Necronomicon, and at a moment, Jason snatches it, and he says, one of the few times you ever hear Jason speak, which I think would be very amazing in a movie, but even in a comic, kind of cool, Klaatu, Balata, Nikto, and he controls the army. Now, Ash and Freddy have to try to wade through all these deadites to try to get to Jason, who is the badass now. He's king of the dead. You know what's interesting about that is, like, 
I think maybe that's what some of this was missing was like you keep trying to like throw curveballs and twists in it and like and like change the dynamics like and that i i can see why your gut instinct might be to reject some of that as a pitch but like what i like about it is like can you imagine if you did that like three to four times in the course of a movie you know what i mean like where you just you flip the script like like you know, you know. Obviously, it's a movie script, so it'd be a mathematical timed flip the script. But you do that like three to four times in the course of a movie, where everything is turned upside down, and you think, you know, you think, well, because because in in some sense, right? There there is that weird aspect where even in Freddy versus Jason, like th- th- there is that aspect where, well, Jason's kind of, I mean, you. Y- Jason's not exactly like the hero, but you you wouldn't no no one would look at you funny if somebody said to you, "Oh, I was kind of rooting for Jason to win because Freddy's like the worst of the two evils or something," right? Like, and and I I kind of feel like that's interesting because to me that's a flip on the script where you're like, "Oh shit, now Jason is the the worst of the two. and it's like it's like, can you imagine Freddy and Ash having to? do a rival fusion and crack jokes with one another as they're fending off like deadite hordes. Like that's, you know, I mean that that's to me, that's, that's a little more, you know, I don't know. There's something about that, that, that makes that notion a little more exciting than, than kind of what we got, which was just kind of like, essentially they, they fight on an ice lake. Like that's it. Like, you know, like I, I, yeah, I don't know. Did I sell you, Justin, or are you like, no, stinker? <laughs> it's definitely interesting. Like, I think rival fusion should definitely be an aspect, It, you know, no matter what the combination. I think, like, if it was a movie and Jason, if Jason just says Klaatu, Beretta, Nikto, I think, you know, if it were me and as a fan, like, it would have to, like, I wouldn't want Jason to, like, have a big, booming voice. It should be, like, almost a, a whisper. Like, you would have to, like, lean in. Like, wait, what did he say? Did he just say? Like, Jason's never talked before. Holy crap. Did he say Klaatu, Beretta, Nikto? And then it's like, you know, boom. Like, all the dead show up or something. Like, I would, I would, you know, as a fan, I would, like, scrutinize, like, what you're writing, you know, under a microscope to make sure it feels like Jason. But it is a cool idea. And then it's like... You know, like Derek's saying, Freddie and Ash have to do rival fusion, and they're cracking jokes while they're like fighting through this dead-eyed army to like to get to Jason and take him out. Like that would probably be a more satisfying ending. Well, well yeah, that's the only reason I like kind of started brainstorming it is because both of you were like, "This should be epic," and I'm like, "Well, what's more epic than like probably the worst guy?" and Okay, maybe not the best guy, but the best guy we got in the movie <laughs> as far as he's the hero. Right. Going right. up against a guy who we didn't think was really that bad. You know, like, Jason's usually seen, like, especially in Freddy versus Jason. Like you said, Derek, most people are like, well, I'd rather Jason win. You know, like, he was seen as more sympathetic. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. yeah. This is a comic, so you could do any kind of ending. You're not limited. But, like, if it's a movie... I can see them like crunching the numbers and be like, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. we can give you 10 people in dead eye costumes or we can give you like 
we can give you four people in Deadite costumes and maybe like three CGI Deadites, but you can't have like an army that takes up the whole screen. It's like right. you're gonna have to start like crunching the numbers and cutting stuff back. And you know, I could see them scaling it back, but like it's even if it is based on the screenplay, like it's a comic book, you can you know you can have whatever ending you want. There's no budget. Yeah, there, there there is something to be said for taking advantage of the medium in which you've adapted mm-hmm. this to, right? Like, and if you if you need to, you know, you know, what, what, you know, what whatever it is, if it if it needs to be, you know, Freddy's dream spirits that look like Larfleys, you know, you're not limited by a budget, you know, or or, you know, and and again, you know, you're not, you know, even if you want to make it too too attractive blonde girls you know i don't know make them make them look a little different you know like i don't know when we started production uh the movie began and ended in hell hell was always a little scary because you don't hell always looks cheesy yeah so we always want to describe it sort of a dark place not with fire and all that kind of stuff in a very milton-esque hell not the fire and brimstone but darkness cold depressing darkness actually an ending that nobody knows about was um an ending that ronnie was talking about which was having a giant hand come out of the lake and grab freddie and jason and pull them both down some huge catastrophic event occurs that causes crystal lake to drain and it was supposed to be geysers of water and the water is supposed to turn into blood and you know we even went as far as saying you know there should be a big fist of water that just grabs Jason and Freddie and pulls them down, you know. And, and I mean, I saw like sketches on it and everything. I mean, it looked totally insane. And I don't know if it would have worked, but it would have been nuts. It's a giant sort of satanic hand that pulls them back. I remember you just going, how are we going to do that? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, you but... called me up and said, how, how much will it cost to pay, do a CG water fist that grabs our actors? It's <laughs> like, you don't even want to know. But I mean, you know, if that hand doesn't look so good, you're in trouble. You're but I thought it like... would have been cool. I don't care how much it costs. I oh. just want to do it. And it was supposed to drag them and pull them into this great abyss. And you were going to get the great shot of them, you know, you know, disappearing in this bloody, dark abyss. And then the New Age Dawn occurs and you see Will and Lori walking across the dry lake bed. And Will's fa- uh, Lori's father... Um, finds the glove and picks up the glove and says, I'm going to get rid of this once and for all, at which point a hand reaches up, grabs the dad, pulls him into the lake bed, and disappears. You cut and you see Will and Laura go, oh, my God, and then you, uh, you cut to darkness. A hand reaches up and pulls the glove out of the blackness and puts it on. You know, you cut to... Freddie's face, you know, and very happy that he's got the glove. And then you see him look up with a little bit of terror in his eyes as you see a glint catch off the machete, right? And you see Jason charge towards Freddie. And then you realize, you pull back, then you realize that he's surrounded by all these demons. In effect, Freddie and Jason have turned into these gladiators that will fight perpetually now in hell. Right, the devil's presiding in a we, Yeah, room. I think we had a cameo by Satan at one point, but that never really works. So we yeah. dumped that. The scrapped ending sounds like it would have been made of awesome if ever realized into a sequel. The scene is that Freddy and Jason are still duking it out in the bowels of hell. Then spiked chains appear and pin both to the walls. And out of the shadows walks Pinhead and says, Gentlemen, do we have a problem? 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know how to sort of end off on this other than like, I mean, I, you know, again, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to, you know, I did enjoy this when it was coming out, but I feel like it was kind of semi-disposable entertainment for me. And I think kind of revisiting it, it's kind of like, oh, it's that thing I threw out, you know, like that thing. I don't know. It's not, you know, and, and, and the fact that I sort of forgot it means it wasn't as memorable. You know, the, the thing I remembered was the Nightmare Warrior stuff. And I, I, I think I, I did have that moment where I was like, oh, this isn't that. This is the thing that's before that that I forgot about that I maybe put out of my mind because it wasn't quite the end all be all of what I expected it would be. But, you know, and, and, and I'm curious, you know, it's like, it's like, I was curious to talk to you guys, you know, cause I think we each, we each bring a unique perspective. Cause like we've said, you know, Oh, I'm the Freddy guy. Justin is the Jason guy. And, and Tony is the Ash guy. So it's like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just kind of interested in what we all thought about, those specific characters portrayals and you know what what we think about that and it's kind of fascinating that i think everybody agrees like freddie wasn't quite up to expectations and it's like and then i guess you know to no one's surprise you know the studio that is behind freddie was like no i don't think we should do this do you know what i mean and i guess there just wasn't you know there wasn't like that 10 years worth of time they spent on the other screenplay for them to refine it right like you know, they, they just, you know, just said, ah, that's not going to happen. And they just kind of gave up on it after a while. I mean, I guess I guess the fact that this comic book was produced is a sign they had given up. Right. Because there's no way they would have let this be adapted if they had planned on actually making it a movie by this point in time. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, I mean, I know they were making movie adaptations of certain things, even in the 2000s. Right. There, there was still a. A, a goofy movie adaptation of the Halle Berry Catwoman movie. But what I'm getting at is they wouldn't have let this be released before there was a movie made, you know? So, and since they did, it's, it's almost kind of like you could tell they sort of had given up the ghost on the whole concept of it. I, I think the, the main reason why this didn't get made and there's two movies I will cite predator two and Jason goes to hell. In Predator 2, we see an alien skull. And everybody saw it. Everybody who went to the movie saw it. Even if Predator 2 wasn't a big, you know, blockbuster, it started the flame. And everybody's like, Predator versus Alien. Alien versus Predator, let's do it. So it it almost had to be made. And then when Freddy grabbed, like, was it, it was Jason Goes to Hell, right? Like, mm-hmm. Freddy grabbed the, the hockey mask and pulled it under. Yeah, yeah. It was like, Fans are not going to let it go. Yeah. There was never Ash showing up. There was no, like, you know, never a scene of, like... Oh, you, you're saying, like... like about that, to kill somebody. That, that is interesting, because, I mean, to me, as somebody who wasn't as heavily invested in Ash, there is that aspect of, well, that was kind of out of left field. Like, and, and what you're saying is the, the, the thing about it that kind of confirms that it was out of left field or at least to, to, to have that as a perspective is, you know, they, there, there wasn't very much that set that up, but then I guess you could argue, I mean, some people would argue in that same movie where Freddie grabs Jason's mask, like, wasn't like some kind of Necronomicon looking book in, in Jason goes to hell. I believe so. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could argue that's the, 
that you know that's the little Easter egg that, that 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 those people were picking up on. I mean, I I I will admit that that wasn't anything that I keyed in on because, like I said, it was never that that fandom was never my passion. But I think I think you you'd find people saying, "Oh, well, there, there's a Necronomicon in the in in Jason Goes to Hell too." So I, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I I I guess I see what you're saying. Like that's that's it's it's a MacGuffin more than the actual you know, gloved hand or whatever, right? Like, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's even does the whole lap, you know, the ha, 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 ha. Right, 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 right. What, you never saw a guy with a chainsaw hand before? All right, if you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. We're on all kinds of social media. You can reach us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And we can be found on all kinds of streaming. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And, of course, if you have any angry, angry emails, you can send them to fanholespodcast at gmail.com and if you want to direct download episodes from fanholespodcast you can do so at fanholespodcast.blogspot.com so until the next time this is going to be Derek Derek WC with his orange Larfley's spirits signing off this is Justin signing off this is Tony now you're playing with power are now about to witness the strength of sleep knowledge. Straight out of Springwood, Crispy King Killer named Frank Crew. From the gang called Killers with Attitudes. When you doze off, I gotta show off. Dreaming deeper and the kitty's getting killed off. Nancy, though, doesn't mess with me. If you sleep, I'm gonna murder you with your dreams. Cut your ass. Boy, you're up next. Tell him where you're from. Straight out the campsite. Another crazy mass killer. More teams I took. Yo, my rep gets bigger. I'm a bad mother lover, and you know this. But the lazy cap counselors didn't notice. So I'ma chop them all up. I'm taking my stash. Hot with the weapons, attacking the kids. Just like murdering. The definition is slashing. And when I rip up my arms, it's called stacking. Stab another camper in a minute. I'm out in yellow sleeping bag. And throw you in it. If I'm down below when you can't roll.
I've got a I've got a liter of Sprite tonight, so I'm good to mm, go. Okay, I I respect that. I didn't want to offend. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> There will be no peace. <laughs> there will be no peace until the Pepsi is gone. <laughs>